Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Has anyone ever been in a car and it starts to shake? Starts to shake. Now there's lots of reasons a car shakes, but one of the reasons it shakes is because it has been misaligned. Somebody has used the car and hit a curb. Probably your spouse, okay? <laughs> and many good cars have been misaligned and they end up in a ditch or they might even end up on a scrap heap. Just over 23 months ago, our world suddenly hit a curb. That curb was COVID. And suddenly our world became misaligned. People's values, people's priorities, people's lifestyles suddenly changed. And the enemy has used COVID to attack the world physically, but he's also used it to attack people's alignment. And we did a series in our church called Realignment, where we talked about realigning our lives back into God's plans and his purposes. Because suddenly, people who'd been aligned in church are suddenly not in church anymore. People who are serving, people who are running a group, people who are maybe even giving, were suddenly their, their priorities, their values, their, their principles were, were misaligned, and our world was going off in a different trajectory to God's plans and His purposes. And so we did a whole series on realignment, and we did a, a session called the Realignment Prayer. And this is a prayer which I pray daily, which helps me realign, because the enemy is constantly trying to pull us off track. God has a plan and a path for your life. The first part of the series was called the realignment path, the plan that God has for you. But then it's the prayer. The prayer is what brings us back. And right now at the start of the year, I want us to realign and get ourselves again focused, ready for what God has for us. And the realignment prayer is the most famous prayer in Scripture, Psalm 23 was written by King David right at the end of his life, and it's a reflection of his mess-ups, his battles, reflection of uh, his giants. It's a, it, in fact, it's his eulogy of his life. And it's my go-to prayer when life feels too hard, when life feels too difficult, when I feel misaligned. Written a thousand years ago, or written a thousand years before Christ's appearance on earth. Six verses. In fact, it's the most widely read six verses in the whole of Scripture. And the psalm is in demand at most funerals, but it's actually not about death. There's only one line in it about death. It's actually, a, it's actually a six verses about realignment. It's about how the good shepherd wants to keep us aligned on life's path. And it takes us on a journey as a shepherd goes with his sheep through mountains, through pastures, through rivers, face to face with danger, and then returns home. And David compares a natural shepherd to our heavenly father. And he compares us to sheep. 
He compares the valleys and the mountains to some of the highs and the lows of life. But the first question I have is, why does the Bible compare me to a sheep? Is it because he's got a soft spot for New Zealanders? No, 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 no. It's because sheep are the most dependent creatures on earth. A sheep left to their own device will wander off, get lost, fall off a cliff. In fact, sheep left to their own devices, and we've got shepherds in our church back home, sheep left to their own devices self-destruct will eventually die. I think COVID has shown us that God chose the metaphor well. In other words, sheep are prone to misalignment. They need a shepherd. John needs a shepherd in 2022. We all need a shepherd. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need a shepherd. Turn to the other person, your second favorite, and say, you need a shepherd. Turn to the cat at home and say, you need a shepherd. (laughs) Psalm 23 is very, very personal. It's a personal prayer. There is no reference in Psalm 23 to we or us or they. Psalm 23, it's about me and my and I. It's personal. And this is David's experience. By the way, when someone speaks at the end of their life, we should listen. This is David's prayer at the end of his life. It's his personal experience of his dependency on God. And he starts this famous psalm with these five words. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now here's the deal. In life, we all have a shepherd and we all get to choose who it is. Every person in this room has someone leading and guiding us on the path of this life. For some of us, it's our career. Our career is our shepherd. That's why it's called a career path. So your career might move you to a different city, a different state, a different nation, and you follow that career. And there's nothing wrong at all with your career. It's when it becomes your shepherd. Your sports team, your football team could be your shepherd. I, I know fans for 30, 40 years, they followed their team home and away, and it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It could be their child's birthday. It could be a church day. It could be anything. It could be Christmas day. They will follow their team to the ends of the earth because their team is their shepherd. The team is their shepherd. For some, it's social media. First thing they do in the morning is check their Instagram. Check their Facebook. Why? Because Facebook is their shepherd. And if it's on Facebook, it must be true. (laughs) So social media is leading people. There's all sorts of conspiracies out there right now. And Facebook is the shepherd. For others, it's addictions. Their cravings for substances. Alcohol, drugs. For others, it's sex. Sex is their shepherd. It leads them. And for some, their shepherd is themselves. You lead with your own ideas, your own opinions, 
And just as Frank Sinatra said, I'll do it my way. And David knows that there are many choices out there for all of us to choose who our shepherd's going to be. David says this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now we can fly over those first five words, but no, 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 this is powerful. And these, these are five words that I say every single morning when I do my prayer. I pray and I say this. I don't necessarily read the whole, the whole prayer, but I say this every day. I do two reasons. One, to remind myself, and two, to let God know. I say, God, whatever happens this day, whatever happens at the start of 2022, I want you to know that you are my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I remind myself that I'm not in charge. Social media is not in charge. Hollywood's not in charge. My sports team's not in charge. The Lord is my shepherd. And then, then David gives 17 reasons to back up his choice. I love this. The Lord is my shepherd, my relationship. I shall not want my supply. He makes me lie down in green pastures, my rest. He leads me beside the still waters, my refreshment. He restores my soul. He's my healing. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He's my guide. For his namesake, he is my purpose. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is my teacher. I will fear no evil. He is my protector. For you are with me. He is my friend. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's even my discipline. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You are my hope. You anoint my head with oil. We'll get onto that bit later. You're my anointing. My cup runs over. He is my abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He is my blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. He is my security and he is my future. 17 benefits. So when David chooses Jesus as his shepherd, he says, hey, I'm not just choosing this because I'm running out of ideas. He says, there is a reason for it. Now, this is a big takeaway to start the year. There are 17 benefits, but there is one requirement. Are you ready? Why don't you write this down? 17 benefits for choosing the Lord as your shepherd, but there is one requirement. Are you ready? It's not on my terms. It's not on my terms. Before we get to all the blessings and the benefits, we have to agree the terms. Has anyone ever signed anything without agreeing the terms and conditions? You all do it all, all the time online. They send you something and it, you, it's like, lines that you just continue. You do it all the time. You could have just signed your life away, your wife away. You could have signed anything away and you just said, continue. None of us read the small print. Now, this is, this is it. Jesus Christ always wants to be our shepherd. But it's always on his terms and it's always for our benefit. Always on his terms, always for our benefit. Now the problem is humanity, especially Brits, we never like anything totally on someone else's terms. We prefer a deal. Trade-off, meet in the middle, something like that. 
You know, if, if, if my son would eat Kinder Eggs for breakfast, he would eat Pringles for lunch, spaghetti for dinner, and he would play football all day and go to bed on his iPad. If that was on his terms. But it ain't on his terms. It's on our terms. Because it's for his benefit. So, we try and put something healthy in him at breakfast. And we try and do it at lunch. And we minimize his exposure to technology. And we get him to play as much outside activities. Why? Because it's for his benefit. So it's on our terms, but for his benefit. Now, when David said, the Lord is my shepherd... He's saying, hey, I am giving you the terms, but I know it's for my benefit. And Jesus is saying to David, you want me to be your shepherd, I'm all yours. But it's on his terms. But it's always for your benefits. Then he goes on, he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now the first thing we've got to realize is this. The shepherd is going to make you do some things you don't want to do. He makes you. But I don't like being told what to do, Pastor John. Go choose another shepherd. Go choose another shepherd. Choose someone else. Choose your sports team. If you choose Jesus to be a shepherd, he's going to make you do some things. The first instruction from the shepherd is this. Rest and be still. Isn't this interesting? It's not get to work first thing he does, he says, hey, if you choose me, the first thing I want you to do is rest. First thing I want you to do is rest. God created us to rest, to sleep, to pause. In fact, 79 times in the Psalms, this word appears, Selah, means pause and be still. And our minds and our bodies can never function properly without rest. And if we're going to stay aligned in our jobs, in our marriages in 2022. We're going to live a long, blessed life. Here's the thing. The shepherd knows we need this. We need rest. And some of you think you can run three jobs and be a great husband. You can't. You can't. Our shepherd knows. Jesus, you know, Jesus constantly did two things. He advanced, he retreated. He advanced, he retreated. He advanced, he retreated. In fact, in three years, the Bible says that Jesus retreated seven times to be with his Father. And I'm not talking about the odd prayer. I'm talking about actually retreating, coming away, switching off. And we have to lose the desire to acquire and find the desire to rest. I'll say that again. We've got to lose the desire to acquire. And find the desire to rest. Find rest, my soul. Because he's, Jesus is saying, hey, if you choose me to be your shepherd, the first thing I'm going to do is make you rest because there are some valleys ahead. Even though I walk, next part of the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. David uses this description of a valley for difficult times. The truth of it is our lives are not a series of mountaintop experiences. I love mountaintop experiences. The day, the day we were married, it was a mountaintop experience. You know, the day for Chantelle, it was the day I agreed to date her. That was a mountaintop experience for her. <laughs> Amazing day for her. She'll tell you all about that. 
and heaven will be a continuous mountaintop experience. I'm going to get to that later. But life on earth is full of valleys. The question is not if we're going to go through a valley. The question is when. How in the world have we just gone from green pastures to valleys? In a moment, the, the, the psalm just changes, it, it turns. And then we go through the shadow of death in a single verse. You know, sometimes life is like that. You're having a great Monday and the phone call comes in. Maybe it's grief or loss or you've lost your job and God's plan for our life is actually a series of mountains and valleys. Mountains and valleys. If you take your notes, write this down. Valleys escape no one. Valleys escape no one. If your whole goal in life is to earn more money because you think you're going to have less valleys, can I encourage you? Rethink your strategy. Bad things happen to good people. Psalm 34 says this. It says, The righteous person faces many trouble, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. I've got a prophetic word for 2022 for you. You've got some trouble coming. Don't all shout amen. No one's going to sail through 2022. Valleys are unpredictable. Valleys are unpredictable. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could schedule your valley? Feeling good? All right, bring one in now. Bring one in. Bring one in. I'm good. I'm good. No, no, no. They're unpredictable. You're just going to sleep and the phone rings. We're in the middle of our Christmas production, The Wonder, and we had over 8,000 people come to church this Christmas to hear the message of the true wonder of Christmas. But in the middle of The Wonder, we get a phone call. My wife is the Chiquita Banana Lady. She sings Feliz Navidad, and she's got a banana on her head. And then people find Jesus. It's incredible. Unbelievable. But in the middle of that, we get a phone call and her, her stepbrother, her godbrother, he's died. 34 years old. Tragically. Mountain to a valley. Mountain to a valley. I said to Chantal, you're going to be... It's one thing, by the way, to worship when you're going through trauma. It's another thing to be the banana lady. And she said, I want to do this. And this is why. This is why Chantel was able to do it. Because two of the most important words in the whole of Scripture lie here. And I, if, you, if you forget everything about this message, everything about today, I want you to remember these two words for 2022. In fact, these are your words. Are you ready? The words are through and you. Even though I walk through. Through. The valley is temporary. You will not stay in your valley. You will not live your entire life in the valley that you are in right now, even though you're feeling it. Winston Churchill, the great Churchill, said this, great men and women, ordinary men and women who never give up. 
I want to tell you right now that you will come through your valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. I want to say well done right now to everyone who hasn't given up in the seeds. To every single mom and every single dad out there, well done. To every parent on minimum wage trying to put food on the table for your children. You're going to get through this. For every person who serves relentlessly, well done. The first promise is this, you're going to come through. But the second promise is this. He says, you are with me, through and you. God is saying today, you might not be able to see me, but I am with you. Even in your lowest valleys, you cannot see electricity, but you can feel and see the effects of it. When you have a revelation today, Colonial, that God is with you in 2022, it changes everything. Our son was a few weeks ago, he was having a nightmare. And he's only seven and kids have nightmares. And I heard him screaming and ran through to his bedroom. First thing like any dad would do is I just put my arm around him and I laid with him. And within moments he fell back to sleep. Why? Because dad was with him. Some of you need to be reminded today that number one, you're going to come through. But number two, he is with you. And the part of the, part of the psalm that often gets misread is the valley of the shadow of death. We, we, we kind of read it as the valley of death. But it's not the valley of death that you're in. It's the valley of the shadow of death. There is a big difference between being hit by a car and hit by the shadow of a car. And some of you think you've been hit by a car. You've just been hit by the shadow. The shadow is fear. One will scare you, the other will kill you. Shadows might frighten us, but shadows cannot hurt us. A shadow is an image with no substance. Fear is an image with no substance. Fear is a lie. And some of you are going through the shadow right now. The valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of COVID, the shadow of depression, the shadow of discouragement, the shadow of disappointment. And here's the good news. Whenever there's a shadow, there has to be light. You can't have a shadow without some kind of light. And even though you're in this valley, the first promise is you're going to come through, but the second is the fact that there's a shadow means that there is light. Keep your eyes on the light. And he goes on, he says in verse 5, you prepare a table before me. Wow, love that. You know, a banquet in the Bible always represents one thing, community. This is, the, this is, this is nuts. God wants to hang out with you. God who created you, God who knows you, God who knows me. He knows all my idiosyncrasies. He knows all my failures, my flaws, my secrets. And yet he still lays out a table before me. And he says, I still want to have community with you, John. Why do we have people over our homes? Why did we, have, why did we go over to Matt and Jill's for a delicious dinner last night, even though we don't eat oysters? <laughs> they have their own oyster table. You prepare a table of oysters before me. 
And then they bring out knives and big things and they're smashing them. And our kids are going, what are we doing? And then they're throwing the rocks. And... But why do we have people over our homes for oysters? One reason, to strengthen relationships. Why do we come to physical church? To strengthen relationships. I want to talk to all of the online community. You guys are awesome. We love you. But there's nothing like being in this room. And if you're not coming to church right now because maybe you're, you're scared and you're concerned about the COVID, and I get that, and you just take your time. You just work at your own pace. But if you're not coming to church because you prefer doing church in your pajamas, get back quick. Because when we're around each other, we strengthen community. And God wants to do it all the time. But especially, God wants to hang out with you when you're in your valleys. In the presence of my enemies. What are my enemies? Fear, hurt, pain. The enemies that I talk about in this book, these are all enemies of our soul. God wants to hang out with you when you're enemies. We think of our enemies as physical people. I don't think God was necessarily thinking that when he wrote this psalm. I think he was talking about the enemies of our soul. And whenever we're in the presence of fear or trouble or temptation, we need others. That's why groups in this church are so important. This year, if you're not in a group, get in a group. Get in a men's group, a women's group, a sports group. Whatever group, get part of a small group. We need a group to be part of. David goes on. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know, I want to just remind us this. There's never been a second of your life where God's goodness has not been watching over you. Never been a second. God's so big, He can pay 100% attention to you. What's your name? Hannah, God is paying 100% attention to you right now. 100%. Right now, He's thinking about you. He loves you. He's so big, He can also think about, what's your name, sir? Michael. 100% right now, He's thinking about you. And the 7.5 billion other people on planet Earth. God knows every detail of your life. He knows how many hairs on our heads. He knows our secret habits. He knows every thought we've ever imagined. He knows our motives, our good ones, our bad ones, our ugly ones. He knows where we'll be in five years, in 10 years. God's goodness is watching over me. But this gets even better. Ready? God's mercy is working in me. Surely goodness is watching over me, but mercy is working in me. What is mercy? Mercy is when God gives me what I don't deserve. God gives me, God forgives me. God gives me his goodness and God forgives me of his mercy. So God's not just watching over me, God is forgiving me every moment of every day. Hebrews 4.16 says we can come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. 
I want to just remind you of this. God never gets tired of forgiving you. mess up, when I say a bad word, I see, a, I see someone I shouldn't, when I say someone I shouldn't, he never gets tired of forgiving me. When I think of goodness and mercy, I think of our children as parents. I don't know about you, but I can literally spend a whole day, my wife and I, just picking up the mess. You can just follow our kids through the house. They get banana peeler on the floor, get the toys out, splash them everywhere, go out in the garden, put sand all over them. And we we can just spend the the whole day following our children. Anyone else out there? What did you do today? Just follow my kids around the house, clearing up their mess. (laughs) Do you know what God does? He spends his whole life following me. He's forgiving me for that. He's picking up that mess. You have no idea how many messes in my life I have created. Yet God's goodness and His mercy sweeps up behind me and cleans it all up. You can't outrun God's grace and God's mercy. When you look over your shoulder, His mercy is pursuing you. You look over your shoulder, His goodness is pursuing you. God is chasing you. God has picked up more messes in your life than you could ever imagine. Then the psalm builds to a crescendo and it finishes with this declaration for our future. You ready? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wait for this. Wait for this. God's goodness is watching over me. God's mercy is working in me. God's glory is waiting for me. You ever watched a movie with a terrible ending? I mean, Titanic. (laughs) By the way, if you watch Titanic backwards, it's about a movie about a ship that saves people. (laughs) Terrible joke. It's a bad, sorry. I mean, Titanic! Terrible. They could at least let Jack stay alive and him and Rose get married or something. We just had a terrible ending. And this, this, <laughs> tell me like. <laughs> this psalm has had its moments. Been down some valleys, been face to face with evil. Been under the shadow of death. But it doesn't finish like Titanic. It leaves us with hope. I know Matt has been speaking. I was listening to a message he spoke recently on eternity. But the number one fear humans face is death. Why is COVID such a big issue in the world? It's because people are scared. Because they don't know what's next. And right at the close of this psalm, David says, guess what? I'm not only going to give you hope for this one. I'm going to give you hope for the next one. He's saying that death is not the end. Death is simply transition. And the shepherd saves his best for last. Now just bear with me. I'm way over time, but wait for this. Wait for this. He says this, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. The word and in the psalm, it connects. It connects. It connects today with tomorrow. 
It connects the now with the future. So if you have chosen, if you choose, and I'm going to give you an opportunity in just one minute to choose the Lord to be your shepherd. But if you choose the Lord to be your shepherd, there are 17 benefits in this life, but it doesn't just stop here and connects us to the future. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Heaven is the fullness of God's glory where life on earth is never the end. There is no more COVID, disappointment, sickness, sadness, mental health, pressure, pain. Imagine the most amazing place on earth. Go on quickly, Norwich. Okay, now multiply it by a million times. You'll be getting somewhere close to what heaven could be like. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man the things which God is preparing for us. We can't even begin to imagine what heaven is like. The Bible says in Philippians 3.20, it says, for our citizenship is heaven. You're not a citizen of Florida or England. Our citizenship is in heaven. God has spent the last six and a half thousand years building your home. He's not building your garden shed. You won't be living in a one-bed semi-house in heaven. Psalm 23 is not a funeral psalm. Psalm 23 is an every day I blew it. Every day I need your grace psalm. Every day I need your mercy psalm. Psalm 23 is written for people like you and I who are completely misaligned. Just hop up here. Just hop up here. One, two, three. Just quickly. And you, sir. Yeah, I just need an illustration. This is Mike, Mike, okay? Okay, I want you to stand behind him, sir. I want you to stand in front of him. I want you to stand beside him. Yeah, right beside him. In fact, I need one more person. Come on, come on. You can help me. Yeah, there we go. Well done. Now, this is Mike. By the way, this is very metaphoric. All right, Mike's blown it. All right, this is like I say, I haven't chosen Mike for any other reason. Maybe I've given him a word. Maybe this is true. I don't know, but... Mike's in trouble. Mike's made some really poor choices. He's lost. But Mike decided to make Jesus his shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. When the Lord becomes your shepherd, the first thing that happens, the Bible says, he leads me. You now have direction. You now have direction. You have someone who says, hey... Have you thought about that? Have you thought about getting involved in that? Why don't you try this? Have you thought about this career? You have someone directing you. And verse 4 says, For you are with me. You are with me. The shepherd is right beside him. Right beside him. Direction. Protection. Right beside him. In fact, he's... But Mike is prone to making some choices that... Mike. But it says goodness and mercy follows him. So when he messes up and he tries to fall back, he's screwed up. Goodness and mercy catches him. See, wait for this. 
you don't fall out of God's grace, you fall into it. Some of you think you've fallen out of God's grace. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I surround you. 2022, this is a picture of your life. Direction, protection, correction. He just brings it in. So maybe you'd all just turn around, just go for a walk. Now, I want, I want you to stop, and I want you to keep walking. No, no don't, don't leave him unprotected. <laughs> now, here's the thing. When you choose to be your shepherd, there's going to be times where God's like, yeah, that's a great idea. We'll go together. And there's other times you're going to go, no, I don't want to do that. I don't think, I don't think you should. Are we still with me? I don't think you should move to Tennessee. I don't think that's a good move for your family. And the shepherd's like, I'm not going anywhere. You can go. I think we should just stick together. And there's going to be times, when, and so if you choose the Lord to be your shepherd, He leads you, He protects you, and at times He'll correct you, He'll bring you back up. I say, my mercy has found you again. Come on, let's give these guys a hand. So that's what happens when you choose Jesus to be a shepherd. So I want to give you some homework for the next 12 months every day. Is that okay? Can I give you, some, can I give you your church homework? Can you check on them? And he will. He knows where you live. He's, you're on the database. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. I want us to read this psalm every day. It's a prayer of realignment. And if you really want to do some homework, I want you to leave this prayer open beside your bed. I want you to leave this prayer for a whole year beside your bed. Because there's going to be times when you're in the valley. And I want you to remind yourself. Every day, the first thing, before you speak to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or MySpace, Some of you teenagers are like, what's MySpace? It's like Blockbuster. <laughs> this thing's weird. I feel like I've got a third ear. Anyway, where was I? Cut this bit out of the track. I want you to leave it open beside your bed. And every day I just want you to read it and say these words. The Lord is my shepherd. And just like Mike, as you say that, it reminds you that you are surrounded. Every board meeting, every, 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 every career move, every time you're dropping the kids off at school, you read it to your kids and remind your kids that they're surrounded and put the shepherd in the driving seat for 2022. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Yeah, you can give God some praise. Now, I want to pray for some group of people, then we're going to anoint some people. Now, here's the deal, right? I'm going to be totally truthful here, totally frank. God's goodness and grace do not follow everybody, and God's glory is not waiting for everybody. It's for those who choose Jesus to be their shepherd. So these benefits I've been talking about, they're not for everybody. 
You only get special benefits if you're part of the Norman family. I'll still look after you, I'll look out for you. But when you're one of my own, you, you come in. So you have to choose Jesus to be your shepherd. Who is your shepherd? Who is running your life? So today, I'm going to make this real clear online, in the room. I'm simply going to count to three. And if you say today, John, I want Jesus to be my shepherd for 2022, for the rest of my life, all I want you to do is just slip up your hand. Online, let someone know in the chat, say, I have decided I want Jesus to be my shepherd this day. It doesn't matter who's been your shepherd before. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter what have you done. Today is a new beginning. It's a new start. January 22nd or 2nd, 2022. This is your day. This is your moment. Okay, so really simple. I'm not even going to ask you to close your eyes. If you want Jesus to be a shepherd, just slip up your hand right now. All over this room, go. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, keep it up. Keep up. Keep up. Nice and high. Thank you, 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 thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Good on you, sir. All right, we're going to say a prayer right now. The Bible says that we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ, the shepherd, is the Son of God. We will be saved. All right, so that's what we're going to do. It's really simple. It's about belief. Say, God, you are now my shepherd. So should we say this out loud? Father God. Thank you for your son, the good shepherd. Today, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I repent of living life my own way. Come into my heart. I commit to following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Now, if you said that prayer, towards the end, Matt will come back up and he's going to give you a next step. I want to, I want to, I want to encourage you to do two things just as a pastor. First one is this. We want to, if you don't have a Bible, we'll find you a Bible. We need to read that psalm every single day this week. Psalm 23. Say, so I'm not sure how to read the Bible. Start there. One chapter. And every day, just say, God, thank you that you're with me. Going to come through, I'm going to come through this together. Second thing I want you to do is keep coming back to church. Okay, we all need community. He prepares a table before me. What is that? It's about relationship. We need, even when the enemies of life come out, as we need to go through them together. Okay, I'm a little bit biased, but I like this church. So if you live around here, get here. Okay, on your good days come, on your not so good days come. Oh, but no one talked to me last week. Come back. keep coming back that's how you create community I went to the gym once <laughs> people say I went to church and nothing changed well I went to the gym once and nothing changed it's all about you got to keep coming back consistency build relationships build those things into your life alright so now we're going to anoint people I kind of missed out that bit in the prayer you anoint my head with oil I love that bit we're going to pray for every person this year that God's anointing will come. And the anointing means God's presence. And uh, as we pray for you, we're going to pray that God's presence is activated in your life. Some of us have some challenges in front of us for 2022, but this, this is a reminder 
as we pray for you that God's presence goes with you. And it's interesting that David says, he says, you anoint my head with oil. He didn't say my arm with oil or my big toe with oil. He said my head. Why? Because it's the mind. It's the battlefield. 2022 will be won and lost in the mind. We're going to pray for you, for your mental health. We're going to pray strength. And uh, we're going to take time to pray for everyone. Our team are going to be in the corners at the back and the team going to be come down the front. And so in just a moment, I'm going to invite you forward or to the back and I'm going to get involved as well. Chantel's going to get involved. We're going to pray for you. And, um, and by the way, it's not about who prays for you or the oil. It's about your expectation for God to move. Don't get, don't get all hung up on the oil. The oil's from Walmart. People say, is it holy oil? Is it from the amount of olives? It doesn't matter. It's, it, it's not about the oil. It's about what the oil represents. All right? So don't get all caught up on the oil. And if you're watching online, I encourage you, go and anoint your family, dads. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Go and get some oil from the cupboard. And uh, yeah. Does that sound cool? The worship team are going to join with us. And so I'm going to invite all the, the staff, the team, the key leaders, you guys just come forward and they're going to grab some oil and then as soon as they're down the front Jill's going to lead us and so we're going to sing the blessing over you and then I'm going to come back up and just pray one last prayer of God's favour over this church is that okay? come on thanks for listening to that podcast we pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you why don't you share that with a friend someone who maybe needs to hear it we'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.